This is Silent Angels, a podcast that is dedicated to parents who lost their children and the children we love. I'm your host, Helen, Lucas's mom. Joining me today is Gabriel's mom, Erin. Welcome, Erin. Thank you for having me, Helen. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for joining us today, Erin. Erin, I know you are a transplant to Colorado. Would you mind share with us a little bit about you and your beautiful family? Sure. Well, I'm originally from the East Coast, and I'm part of a military family, and we always moved around a lot. After college, I ended up moving to San Francisco for a job where I met my husband, Christian. We stayed there for about six years and recruited most of my family to move out there as well. We relocated to Colorado to Denver about four and a half years ago for a job opportunity. We welcomed our son Miles about two and a half years ago, and then we also have a son named Max who is now nine months.、Um, in addition to our son Gabriel, who we're going to talk a little bit more about today, who would actually be just around ten months old. Right. I have to tell you that. I love the name Gabriel.、Uh, when my husband and I were decide, were trying to decide what boy's name we would choose, Gabriel and Lucas were our top two choices. Eventually, we went for Lucas, but I love the name、uh, Gabriel. Was it hard for you guys to decide what name to use? Because when Gabriel passed away, we were in such a state of shock, and we were in the hospital just trying to wrap our heads around everything that had happened, and the nurses. In addition to my mother-in-law, kept telling us how important it was to name our child, even though he had passed away, give him a memory and to make him a part of our family. And we call him Gabriel the Guardian、um, because, like the Archangel Gabriel,、um, he really sacrificed his life for his、um, brother Max's life、um, because the two of them were twins. That is so beautiful, and his name is really fitting. My husband's name is Michael, so I was thinking, oh, if I name my son Gabriel, I will be guarded by two angels. And my Lucas is still an angel, a beautiful angel. What are some of the best memories you have with Gabriel? Just to backtrack, I was pregnant with、um, twins, so Gabriel and Max are twin fraternal brothers, and I went into preterm labor、um, at 24 weeks. With Gabriel, and he was born and lived for only about 90 minutes until he passed away. And I was actually able to carry and hold on to his brother Max for another three and a half weeks. His brother Max was born at around 27 weeks. So, in the scheme of things, I don't have many living memories of Gabriel because, unfortunately, I was in active labor when he was born, and I did not have a chance to hold him until after he had passed away. That's not a good memory, but some of the best memories I have of Gabriel those first six months are, you know, finding out I was pregnant with twins. Gabriel was in the A position, meaning that he was going to be the first to, you know, be delivered and come out. And I saw really clearly on one of his first ultrasounds that he was a boy, even though we were going to planning on having surprise gender reveal for the twins when they were born. I could definitely see that he was a boy. He was always much more strong and larger in size, moved around more than his brother Max did. So I think some of my best memories with him are him moving around in my stomach, finding out I was pregnant with twins. In general, is is one of the best memories I have in my life. 
My husband and I tried for about three years to get pregnant and ended up going down the route of fertility treatments. So both of our pregnancies have actually been through IVF. So any successful pregnancy for us is a large win overall. That's amazing. Same thing with me. My best memories about Lucas is always when I was pregnant with him that he just such a gentle and loving boy. We are so sorry that you lost Gabriel. What are some of the things you did or you are currently doing right now that help you with your grieving process? And Helen, I'm so sorry about your loss of Lucas. We've been down a very rickety road the past 10 months with our loss of Gabriel. And I think a lot of that has been kind of muted and intersecting with the birth of his twin Max and his duration and hospital stays and health issues being um, an extreme preemie. But we've been very careful to, to treat the loss of Gabriel separate from Max and his birth because I think it's really important to address those issues separately. So I think um, pretty soon right off the bat, a couple months after we lost Gabriel, we started um, couples grief therapy. And that's been something that's been very key to my husband and I staying on the same page. Mm -hmm. It just sets aside time for us every week to talk about Gabriel um, get things off of our mind and get us on the same page more or less because I'm sure Helen as you know you know men and women grieve very differently so it's always nice to just have that time set aside to check in with your partner to see how each other is doing right also, that, that is so important it is important so we've been doing that in addition to joining an infant loss support group I think has been really wonderful because it makes me feel like we're not the only ones who have lost a baby just meeting other people in that community has really helped make us feel like we're not alone with this. Some of the other key things that we've done in our daily lives is we've incorporated his name into our family prayers and songs. And my toddler son, Miles, actually has started to say Gabriel's name out loud and on his own, which makes me feel good because as all parents of a deceased child know, it feels really good to hear somebody else say your child's name. So we try and say his name every day in our house. We all wear a band, an armband with his name on it and his birthday. Something I recently did was I put his photo up in Max's bedroom. Um, over his crib because he is, you know, Gabriel is Max's guardian angel. It feels really nice to have those photos, first of all, um, utilizing Now I Lay Me Down to Sleep to get photos of him because those are the only ones that we will ever have of him. But having his photo there to look at every day and to look over his twin Max when he's sleeping and when we're up there feeding has been really nice just to remember him and, and remind him that he's in our in our daily lives. Something I want to mention I think is really important for anybody to look into. We didn't feel like a typical funeral service was fitting for our family and our values. So we actually worked with the Parks and Recreation System to have a memorial tree planted in our local park that we incorporated and buried some of his ashes with. Um, and we like the fact that that tree is in our neighborhood so we can bring our kids by and go visit it whenever we would like. Um, but just the idea that it will grow just like he would and will be um, up in heaven, um, just to see, you know, what a big strong man he would be just, you know, in, I guess, tree form as a form of remembrance. The memorial tree idea is such a beautiful idea. I love it. What kind of tree did you guys choose? We chose a white oak because we wanted a shade tree and something that would grow big and strong just like Gabriel is so strong. That's such a wonderful idea. I, 
I actually looked into myself、um, with our own park and services too. I think many grieving parents don't know about this. I mean, I personally did not know until you shared about the idea of a tribute tree at the support group to let many. Parents who are listening, that you know, you may want to check with your own park services organization to see if they have a tribute tree、uh, service. Most of them do, and it's a wonderful idea that to plant another life and to be able to watch another life grow. That is so important that we can see a new form of life growing right in front of us. What are some of the other things that、um, others people either said to you or did for you that you find are helpful with your grieving process? Well, I think those first few months when you're just in shock, it's really helpful for anybody to just your friend to come sit on your couch and let you cry and let you get things out, or if you want to be silent, just being there for them. It was really nice when people dropped off meals or offered to take. Our toddler for the day, so that we could have some quiet time at home. And I think overall, the main thing that people can do is just to be there to listen and to ask you. I think a lot of friends and family are scared to remind you of the incident and of your child.、Um, but the more you can say family or friend's child's name that passed away, the better it makes you know me feel that his memory isn't lost and that people aren't trying to kind of sidestep the topic and ignore it, but rather just address it head on. One thing we did with our family before vacations this summer was send them tips of how to handle、um, a grieving family member that we had found online, just to give our family some guidance、uh, as to how to treat the situation. Because I think it kind of can be an elephant in the room. So I think that itself was really helpful.、Um, and then I always find when people reach out on. Gabriel's anniversary day, which is the eighth of the month, which always tends to be a rough week,、um, that that really is helpful as well because it makes me、um, realize that there are other people thinking about him and about our family. Right. I remember when we first met, you mentioned about the idea to download basically a guideline to share with family members to know how to, you know, talk to you guys about Gabriel. Actually, that's part of the reason、uh, inspired me to do this podcast is people really do not know how to、uh, grieve with us. You are right. They thought if they mention our baby's name, somehow it's gonna remind us our baby's not here anymore. But that's the opposite. We want to find meanings in our baby's life. We want their name to be mentioned. We want to talk about them, even if we're gonna cry when we talk about them. But it's still important to us to talk about them, to have others to help us remembering their short. But still meaningful life, and that's one of the biggest takeaway you know I got from attending the support groups, and just to learn about how important it is to keep talking about our babies, to mention their name, and to whatever how little memories we have to keep sharing those memories, and that's just so important. So many people are. Very careful and share us, you know, shower us with love.、Um, but at the same, do you have any incidents that people either said or did something that you feel is in, either inappropriate or not helpful with your grieving process? 
think the important thing to remember about your family and friends is that they don't know how to bring up the topic, so they can't guess what's on your mind and ask the questions or address the topics that you want. You know, they're just trying to act in your best interest and they don't know what to do because of this whole culture of grief and kind of stuffing things under the table versus just addressing it. Um, but I think some of the things that people say to me that are, are not helpful are things like, it wasn't meant to be, at least you have your other kids. No. You know, acting like it didn't happen. Something that bugs me a lot is people saying it would have been too hard with twins, um, because obviously it would have been very physically hard to raise twins um, and a toddler, but we would do anything to have him. those challenges versus this lifelong challenge of you know, grieving a child that you've lost. So I think it's always important to remind your very close friends and family that grief isn't something that just goes away after a certain period of time. It's like a suitcase that you carry along with you the rest of your life. And it changes, but it never goes away. And I think that really helps set put things into perspective um, for our family and friends to not think that just because it's been a year that we're going to forget about Gabriel, but to know that we're always going to be thinking about him. Um, but you're your family and friends just want you to not be in pain, but it's a type of pain that doesn't go away and it just changes over time. Right, I can totally understand. It's never gonna go away. We talk about this in our support group meetings. It's not something we can just move on. There may be some days, you know, I hope eventually there will be some days I can think about my son. And I hope when you think about Gabriel, I hope someday they will bring smiles to our face. Um, but no matter what we do, you know, our sons always live on in our hearts, uh, in our minds. And it, that loss is never, it's never going to go away. It may come in a different shape or forms, but it's something never going away. And that's something I hope people are listening will understand. Before this happened to me, I can imagine I would not know what to say to another grieving parents either. So one thing I learned from talking to other parents is, you know, for people who are listening, if you don't know what to say, it's okay not to say, but just do things or just sit with us, reaching out, you know, go take a walk, have tea together. That uh, companionship is also, you know, important uh, as well. Erin, um, you mentioned about the wristband that you and uh, Christian are wearing. And can you share a little more about the, how did you find about this idea and what words did you put on there and how people can order it? Wristband idea started uh, in the hospital when we were grieving right after Gabriel had been lost. Um, there is a box that grieving parents are given through Now I Lay Me Down to Sleep in the hospital where we delivered Max. They came in, I mean, Gabriel, I'm sorry. They came in and they took photos of Gabriel um, and they gave us some of the things he was wearing um, when they took those photos um, for us to keep as, you know, a remembrance or a keepsake. And in their box was wristbands that said, never forget with Now I Lay Me Down to Sleep. And my husband and I started wearing them um, in the hospital and mine, you know, broke off. I'm not sure where it went, but my husband was adamant about wearing his every single day. He never took it off. And he had it for about seven or eight months. Something happened to it one day and he was very, very upset it was gone. I looked around online and I found a company that's actually based in Colorado called ReminderBand.com. And um, I created bracelets for him and I, and I, the minimum order number is 10. So we have, you know, another eight laying around. Um, but it's just something nice to see your son or daughter's name and their birthday um, 
to see it as a daily reminder to yourself. I'll warn you that even if you want people to ask you who is Gabriel when they see your bracelet, we've never had anybody um, make a comment on our bracelets, but it's just um, our internal family you know, symbol that um, Gabriel is with us and that we're advocating for him and advocating for women and going into preterm labor and, and moms that have lost a child and moms of multiples. And um, there are lots of people that we feel should know about Gabriel's story. Absolutely. You know, that's the whole point. A uh, part of the reason with this podcast is to, to raise the awareness. As I mentioned in the introduction, before this happened to me, I didn't know this happened to so many other people. And just like you, when I went to a support group, it's sad to see so many other parents had the similar experience. Uh, on the other hand, it's comforting to know that in this same uh, very bitter and um, tragic journey that you are not alone because there's so many of us you know, share similar experiences. This is my last question. I want to circle back to something you mentioned earlier that um, I, th- I think it's worth addressing a little more is about a couple's counseling. Because I have not talked to this in great detail with other moms. Uh, you mentioned that a couple's counseling is important because men and women uh, grieve differently. Um, I also heard uh, tragic stories about how couples uh, grow apart after something so tragic happened. So can you give us some advice to people are like me who are s- fresh from our tragedy to see uh, what other things my husband and I should be careful about and how should we make sure that we're grieving but we're not growing apart? Sure, I think that's been a, a journey that's been very different for myself and my husband. My immediate response after Gabriel passed away was I was in mama bear protection mode and I was still holding on to Max. So I kind of tried to push it out of my mind um, and be the strong one for the time being. And my husband immediately went into all sorts of physical symptoms of grieving. His sinuses collapsed. He started getting migraines. He became very depressed. Um, His body was aching. He took on all these physical symptoms of grieving and was in a very bad place for a little bit. Um, And then when he started turning the corner was when I started grieving after Max had been born and we knew he was going to be okay was when I really, you know, took on Gabriel's loss um, and started internalizing that. So, you know, men and women are definitely very different in their communication style. My husband is much more internal. Um, He doesn't want to mention Gabriel's name sometimes because He doesn't want to remind me of it, like we were just talking about it, but now he knows that we need to say his name daily for Mm -hmm. everybody in the house to feel better. Um, One thing we did as a couple is we put a candle on on our mantle, and when one of us is thinking about Gabriel, we light it. And it's a nonverbal way of showing your partner that you're thinking about your deceased child and that you don't necessarily have to talk about it, but he's in your mind. So I might need a little bit of extra support today or in this hour. And I think that's something that's been very helpful for us. Um, and I think with the couple's grief counseling, we were able to find some really helped us because we have two young kids that are, you know, really need us. It's hard sometimes to have that time set aside. So just having that hour set aside, like I mentioned, to talk about your grief and how you're feeling and I would warn other moms that are grieving um, not to get angry with your husbands if they aren't verbalizing it and saying, well, you're not thinking about Gabriel or you're not sad about Gabriel because your husband thinking about 
you know, your deceased child every single day. Um, they might just be treating treating it differently than you are. So I think just knowing that you might be at different stages of grief um, or within the grief wheel, but you're in it together and just staying a team, I think, is really important. Um, so for us, that has been really, really helpful because um, it's easy to grow apart and you know just isolate yourself even from your partner after you've lost a child so um, that counseling has really been key for us right I love the idea about the lighting a candle give the nonverbal signal um, about you know when you're thinking about your deceased child um, we have a little shine at home uh, I basically did it for Lucas I have his his picture up there with a little candle and a little plant next to it too and um, yeah it's um I, I asked my husband uh, in advance to make sure he's uh, comfortable with it uh, just because I know that you know men and women grieve differently and I also I also be careful that and I want to show share with people um, Lucas's picture but I also want to make sure that my husband is you know is comfortable with it and I think probably all guys a, little, a, a similar in a way that they're not as verbal as us. So maybe so the advice for uh, parents who are listening, maybe as women, we want to talk more about our, our children's name and share memories. Maybe for uh, for guys, they just, you know, they internalize these things a lot. I, I noticed that with my husband too. So it's, it's sometimes it's better not to... Um, how to say it? Not to not, not to pass judgment, and that's that's important. Um, don't think. It, and Aaron, you mentioned something important, like don't blame the other partner as how somehow they're not grieving enough, or they're not verbalized or vocalized their grieving. We just do it, you know, in a very very uh, different way, and that's okay. Um, the most important thing is. You know, you and your husband are together. My husband and I are together, and we are dealing with this as a team. And we'll always be a team. And we need to come out of the, the tragedy, being stronger rather than growing apart, rather than weaker. Yes, um, because in reality, your partner is the only other person in this world that understands how you're feeling. And I think that's important to remind yourself when you're feeling isolated or like your partner isn't you know, with you, or maybe they're not as sad, or maybe they're more sad, but your partner is the only other person in the world that understands what you're going through. So you need to hold each other tight and really be a team, which can be very difficult, especially that first year. Right, so that's the biggest takeaway from today is that, um, you know, Erin, as Gabriel's mom, she taught us how important it is as a couple, the partnership is so important that we need each other. You know, you, you need your spouse who is the only one probably in this whole wide world, the only one who can understand what you're going through and he shares the pain the pain we have and but it may be in a different form maybe in a different way expressing it don't get into the argument don't blame other people but rather than holding hands together and do counseling together you know have a agreement of how you want to memorialize and remembering your lost children this way you can move forward as a team um, together 
thank you so much for sharing your experience today, and we will always remember Gabriel, the guardian angel of your beautiful family, of you and Christian, of your two sons, and I'm sure he'll be the guardian angel for this world as well. Thank you so much. Are listening to Silent Angels, a podcast that is dedicated to parents who lost their children and the children we love. Silent Angels podcast is produced by Helen Rowley and Susan Zhou, edited by Susan Zhou. Music for this show are provided by AudioBlogs.com. Our website address is OurSilentAngels.org. If you are a grieving parent, or you know a grieving parent who wants to be interviewed, or if you just want to send us your comments or questions, please email us. Our email address is oursilentangels at gmail dot com. Thank you for listening.